At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel, joined by Damon McDonalds and uh, we're off to a great start here Damon because Esther has just received a card, I don't know what the occasion was because it's not her birthday but we, we just got a parcel from my parents, they, they sent it from the UK and it includes a greetings card that when you open it makes the sound of an elephant. Oh. So if you hear <laughs> if you hear kind of sound periodically in the background it will be that fantastic um, i would i think it's yes. a, i think it'll only add to the uh quality of the super j cast that is a faux show yes. better than the usual crap we talk uh what else is going on i've just started an ebay account which is quite dangerous mm. uh, all i'm doing is just looking up toys and books that i used to have when i was a kid mm. and buying I, I spent about five pounds on an issue of Games Master magazine from 1993 that I used to own. <laughs> I just look at it again. <laughs> I, the same way. It is a slippery fucking slope, dude. And unfortunately, the older that you get, the more you do that. <laughs> um, and you just like, because it does, it is it's a weird thing where you haven't seen a magazine or a book or a record or whatever. And, you know, for years and then it hits you and then like just you know exactly where you were and what you wore and what it smelled like and you know everything you could just go into a time machine and that's what it does it really does it takes you in a time machine um to a place where you haven't been in quite a long time which can be good or bad but um yeah i do that with like uh old wrestling magazines like old pro wrestling illustrated so i'm like i mean I had every one. My my mother's friend used to be the person who stocked the shelves for magazines. So when the old issues became outdated and the new ones came, she would pick those up. And I would wake up and on our porch would be a stack of wrestling magazines like once a month. You know, there would be an issue behind, but I, you know, they were perfect condition and over the years, it was just like you know, moving from one place to another to place, you know, taking these heavy stacks of wrestling magazines, and you're just like, oh, I'll never, who cares? But not a big deal. Now it's like, oh, yeah, I'll pay fifty bucks for that issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated that I once owned. Sure, why not? That's it, isn't it? I just want to feel like I did back then. I think this might be a sort of subconscious reaction to uh, my impending double fatherhood like i'm just i don't want to be an adult anymore <laughs> just uh-huh. anything that i can possibly do to recapture that sense of being a kid i'm now looking at monster in my pocket i don't know if you had those in the <laughs> me States, too dude. little sort of rubber 
<laughs> I got a monster in my pocket right now. <laughs> Ah, I'm talking about my cock. Uh, monster in my pocket. I'm not familiar with this. Blasted. I know. I'm not familiar just with like this. like little rubber toys of um, various monsters. And I used to love them as a kid. And uh, why did my parents ever throw them away? What were they thinking? Why? How dare they throw away anything that belongs to me as a child? I know. We should keep everything forever because you never know when your kids are grown up and in their 30s. They might want it again. So yes, yeah, think. Sure. But I will say this: if you had it, it wouldn't. You wouldn't get that feeling. You wouldn't get that rush. You know what I mean? Like unless they had it, hid it in a vault somewhere, and you know, and then said, "Hey, Joel, guess what I got? Your monsters and pockets things." Um, you know what I mean? Like there is something to, about what happens chemically inside you when you see something f- for the first time in thirty years. Um, like if you had it, I don't think you would get get it. It would it wouldn't be the same, right? Yes, you're probably right. Um, you, I'm just sort of chasing that little rush, aren't I? Yeah, um, but, you, but also there's the element of me wanting to pass stuff on to my kids as well. I think my children might be into little rubber figurines of monsters in the future. So there's uh, two elements to it. Yeah, yeah, but. That then you can rediscover together. You can you can do both. That's I mean that is that is the to me the, the joy of eBay. Certainly not the fees and all that nonsense. But um, uh, yeah, that's that's the joy of it. You know, what I mean, like like I like hanging in my office right now is a Duran Duran poster that uh, I had as a kid, and when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, that is the exact poster that you know and i never thought i would ever see that again but it took me right back to my room took me right back to you know everything so yeah i to me it's almost like a full circle kind of thing it's like uh look at where you are now and and but yet here's the duran duran poster you know what i mean (laughs) so um no i get it i do because i do it all the time with with like you know duran duran posters and wrestling magazines and and shit like that so um but yeah, I will say that that that, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that rush. You know what I mean? Like chasing that rush, because I think everyone will do it. I know there's there's like nineteen and twenty year olds listening to this that are like, ah, like an all time. It's going to happen to you too. I guarantee it. I, I guarantee it. So if you, here's the thing: people do that now. Like I hear like, you know, like people pining for nostalgia for stuff that happened ten years ago. And I mean, I'm like that was that didn't seem like a long time ago, guys. Um, but yet, you know, it was it was it made me feel real old, Joel. Was um, today is the start of the National Hockey League, the NHL, ramping back up. So I can uh, look excited. I'm in like a couple fantasy leagues and DFS, and oh, I'm so excited! I can't wait. Uh, there's people that made the teams. They were born in 2002. <laughs> I was just like, they were born in 2002. <laughs> I was like, I can pretty. I, I think I was doing a show. I think it, I think the Super J cast might be might be older than, than these people playing in the NHL. Like, well, my God, oh, what the fuck happened here? I'm pretty sure I own items of clothing older than those mm-hmm. people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we got. Right, um, listen, we got G one yeah, on, right? To, yeah. Sorry. Okay. 
Uh, I wanted to start off with a, a f- quick football question because there's a big story in the UK. I wanted to pick your brains on it. It's uh, yeah. This is from Bash. It says, uh, seems like the UK government were completely opposing the Super League, but with another club being bought out by the Saudi billionaires, which is Newcastle United. You know, irony is crazy for me. Has the working class game now lost its weight? There's only about money. Or do you think tournaments like the FA Cup keep that sense of the game grounded? And Antonio says, thoughts on Saudi Arabia by Newcastle United, what impact it will have on the Premier League and football as a whole? And that's his second question. The first question, I can't remember what it is. It's down in the notes somewhere. But as an an outsider to this, I mean, this is something that presumably hasn't... Has this permeated US sports yet? Like billionaires, foreign billionaires buying up these clubs and using them for... uh, I think people are calling them like sports washing or or asset, asset laundering. So... Um, owning these sports franchises as a way to sort of enhance their reputation amongst the West and get people talking about that rather than all the fucking human rights atrocities they commit. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, we have it, but it's just replace you know Saudi billionaire with um, corporate you know conglomerate. You know, Comcast is our big monster. You know, in in the states, cable and communications company, um, Rogers in Canada. Um, I mean, Comcast is you know owner of of the Flyers. Uh, Rogers is part of Maple Leaf. Uh, whatever, I guess what the, what the conglomerate is called, but they own you know the Raptors for basketball and, and the Maple Leafs in hockey in Toronto and. Um, Every, every yeah, every team is basically owned by a corporation. It's very few people that are, or very few teams rather that are owned by like one individual rich guy. Um, it's usually companies that now own teams. Um, yeah, and they, you know, they, you know, it's this, it's this. It, I want to. I don't know if it's the same, but it's like similar. Uh, levels of oh you know you you know of what they do and i mean it's just a a way to make money and generate profit and you know control the narrative um the big thing now is that each team has kind of like their own network their own sports network so they can it's kind of like you know the wwe or even new japan to a certain degree where you know you want to have your own network and your own voice and broadcast the games and the rates fees are millions of dollars. And anywho, um, I did see that story though. Newcastle, right? Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'd like, correct me if I'm wrong, but what that does is it does put an influx of money into the club that maybe wasn't there before, or maybe the, the person was super frugal, or maybe they've just made some boneheaded decisions or whatever. Um, and it makes them much more competitive in the in the market there, right? Yeah, I think based on the trajectory of other clubs that this has happened to, like Chelsea and Man City, we can expect Newcastle to be one of the Premier League heavyweights within within the next three or four years if they're if they spend sensibly, which I mean, they don't even need to spend sensibly, as long as they spend enough, they'll eventually strike lucky with some of the signings just by sheer volume. And I sure. mean, as an Arsenal fan, obviously it's bad news for us because they are likely to be taking a seat at that top table, making it even harder for 
clubs like us to finish in the top four and get back into the Champions League. So that's not going to happen anytime soon. And I don't know. But here's the thing. If they're I, I, willing to spend, right? So if the, if the, if whoever owns the team is willing to spend whatever billions or millions or whatever it is to make the club competitive and put on the, you know, obviously you, you win, you make more money. Um, like who cares? Right. I mean, if I mean, if you have somebody that's interested in buying your team, and they have the deep pockets to spend, and there is no salary cap. See, that's what I don't get for you guys. Like, you guys don't have a salary cap. Like, you guys just can spend whatever you want on, you know, whomever you want. It feels like. Whereas other leagues here, like we have a, a cap. You know, we have whatever it is, seventy million on salaries that you pay, and you can't go over that. Um, you guys don't have that, so you guys could just spend willy nilly, and it's not your really your money either. You know what I mean? Like it's their money. So, I mean, as long as it's it, it equals wins every Saturday or Sunday morning, do people really care anymore? I would. I mean, I would like to think that if it was Saudi billionaires taking over Arsenal, that I would think, you know what, this is this doesn't feel right. I. You know, we might sign all the superstars and win more <laughs> competitions. But, there it uh, is. There's the it elephant. Would, it would feel unearned. It would, yeah, there the elephant in the room, quite literally. Bit on the nose there, Esther. Um, yeah, I would. It would feel cheap. It would feel unearned. As as things stand with Arsenal, and, and we have spent a lot of money in the summer. Let's not make any mistakes about that. But it's not, you know, it's not transparent blood money you know which it, it feels like it is with a lot of these clubs and i i would like to think if it was arsenal in that position i would maybe sort of take a step back from my fandom um more so than i currently do and i'm not blaming the newcastle fans i'm not saying that they should suddenly be the ones to be morally outraged by this and boycott the club because the time for that has passed the time for that was when roman abramovich took over um chelsea back in 2003 or, or when there's the, the city takeover so expecting the Newcastle fans to suddenly be up in arms about this, I think is unfair. And it's just that, you know, trying to close the door after the horses have bolted a, a long, long time ago. This is, this, this is, uh, uh, it's a feature, not a bug. You know, the, as long as the money keeps pouring in and the, the capitalist wheel keeps turning, this is going to continue to happen. This is the, it's reaching its nat logical, natural conclusion. This is not, uh, 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 an unusual thing. This is just what you expect to happen with this ludicrous amounts of money pouring into the game. So, um, yeah, I think this this is um, f football eating itself. It's this it, it is, a but long time ago, and it's only going to get worse. Yes, I mean, I, I mean, until right, there's some type of agreement between the owners where you know, okay, we got to cap salaries and, and then the players will be like, well, what do you mean we're going to cap salaries? And then you'll have a, you know, a, a union issue and <laughs> strike issue. And, you know, we'll get right, right, right in the U S. Um, but if you ask a man city fan in the, you know, maybe in the eighties and the nineties, um, you know, if, if where they are now, uh, a, a legitimate superpower, they would take it. Right. Like they knew what they were getting themselves into. Like, let's put it this way: there's not people sitting there, Man City fans sitting there. Oh, I wish it would go back to the way it was, right? 
No, I don't think so. And I think a lot of it is sort of, you know, people wanting to pull the drawbridge up behind them. Like, oh, well, it's okay when it happened to my club, but no, it's not allowed to happen to any other clubs, you know? Right, right. Listen, you got a couple championships and, and, you know, your team is relevant, you know? You know, people around the world know who you are. Uh, And I can't say that that would be the case, you know, in the 80s and 90s. And again, I think, communications and the internet and everything helps in in spreading your brand but um yeah trust me you were a, a you were a non-factor uh and in the united states at least anyway and at least now you got people buying your fucking merch and knowing who you are and knowing your players and and shit like that um you know minus like expats and then nobody else fucking know um uh, yeah i mean look i think that's sports right that's that's where we are and it's baseball and it's football. So that's not, you know, it's, it's it's every sport, every every major sport. Um, this is what it is, and you know, if you're looking for the old days, you know, you're looking for the you, you, you know, you're looking. It's not going to happen. Let's put it that way. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in, in in wrestling either. I don't think either. I mean, wrestling. You know, look at New Japan for example. I mean, New Japan. You know, as it's it's owned by a fucking conglomerate, right? A, an entertainment conglomerate. So, uh, I think. If, listen, if there is a profitable thing out there, there is a company ready to snatch it right up <laughs> and and write the check if they feel they can make a profit off you. So, um, the moral of the story is, kids, is the world is an evil place, and buy old magazines. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think maybe this is why I like sumo because it's a sport that hasn't quite been. I mean, it's got it's plenty of problems. Don't get me wrong, but maybe it's a sport that has yet to be uh, afflicted by capitalism in such a, a transparent way so far. Uh, but there you go. Let's get into yeah, the wrestling yeah. then. We had. Uh, I would like to start with strong again because I thought yeah, it was a, a really yeah. superb episode. Okay. Um, Autumn attack. This was the from the uh, Garland Texas show. First match was Minoru Suzuki defeating Fred Rosser in 11 minutes, 34 seconds with Gotch Star Power Driver. Uh, second match was Strong Openweight Championship. Tom Lawler defeating Ren Narita in 20 minutes, 14 seconds to retain his Openweight title. Aww. Was was she was really rooting for Ren Ren. And uh, the third match was Jay White defeating Robbie Eagles in a non-title match in 18 minutes, 7 seconds via Blade Runner. So... I thought this was a fantastic show, Dame. Did you see any of these matches? What, saw what stood out to you? Yep, saw them all. Um, I'll, let me just touch a little bit on the aesthetics of uh, what we saw in Dallas. Um, that was that that felt a little bit. Um, I don't. Want, I was going to say low rent, and I don't think low rent was the word I was looking for. Um, it looked minor league. Correct. Can we agree that that show looked minor league, right? Um, to the tune yes, of, I think that's fair. yep. To the tune of, uh, again, Cheryl's on the couch with me as I was watching the shows, and uh, she said, "What promotion are you watching now?" Or like, "What what you know? What show are you watching now?" Basically, saying, "What wrestling organization is this?" I was like, "Oh, this is this is New Japan." He says, "This is New Japan." I was like, "Yeah." Goes where 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 are they? The backyard or, or what? You know something along those lines. So Cheryl giving the digs, she's turning the knife, uh, and it did with this with the camera crew and the camera crew 
where do they get these this camera crew? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be like a local crew that they use who's never shot wrestling before, maybe on a on a very indie local level, because they seem to be all over the place and in the way quite often. Uh, and so that being said, let's let's take that out of the equation. You know, I don't think the I, I think there's a certain production level and a certain. I don't know, a certain standard to the look of your television that needs to occur that was not at this on the show. Uh, number two. Um, again, it's harder than it looks. It's more difficult than it that it is. I get that. Trust me, I do. Uh, I found it a little difficult getting through the commentary. I found it a little difficult to get into the commentary. Uh, it was – at some points, I was reaching for the remote and like, all right, I got I to gotta, I gotta mute this shit. <laughs> the, the play-by-play, the color, or just generally? Both. Just the, the chemistry wasn't there. Uh, the, the play-by-play just kind of didn't hit the mark for me, and we already know about the, the troubles we already have with color. Um, it's just uh, – it just felt – Again, there it just, it missed the mark for me, um, and that might be just me pining for a Kevin Kelly who's got it down, um, and me just getting needing to get used to what I was hearing. But just it, I could I couldn't get through it. Um, Little things as well, like the uh, drama king Matt. I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but uh, he's not quite familiar enough with the product for my liking to be yep. doing commentary at that elite level. Like just, just small things. Like he didn't know that the Robbie Eagles, Ron Miller special. Right. And I think that is something that you need to know. You know, if you see Robbie Eagles is in the main event of this match, this is the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Yeah. I think you would go into that knowing what his finishing move is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, just, I know we're not going to pour in hundreds of thousands of dollars on production here, but um, it just came across as just even from a casual watcher, uh, not even a casual watcher, just a person sitting in the same fucking room looking up and be like, what the fuck are you watching? That, that was the vibe that you put off with that show. What the fuck are you watching? So that let's, let's, let's go on to the quality of the show. I thought the, the in-ring was fantastic. Let me pump the brakes. I thought it was very good. Very good. Um, I thought Rosser and and uh, Suzuki was fun. I, 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 Trust me, in the beginning, I was worried because it didn't feel like Rosser knew what that ring entrance was, and I don't want to start a a a Suzuki controversy too here. But I was like, "What is he doing?" Like he was just getting too close to him, like getting getting in his face before he got in the ring. And I'm like, "Does he not know what what what's going on here, or what this what what's?" I, I kind of like that actually. I okay. like Ross's intensity that he was just like. Fuck this guy. You know, I don't care about his reputation. I'm not going to let him do his little Kazanina thing. We're here to have a fight, not do 
fucking entrances. So okay. actually, I thought that, that worked for me. I, I was a little worried that it was a little off script. And I wasn't quite sure of what uh, the protocol would be. Let's put it that way. Uh, and then as it got on, it, it, you know, it kind of felt like it, it was uh, agreed upon and how we were going to open up this match. Uh, and again, I thought the match was, was good. Um, I, I love the fact that Suzuki right now is like the guy making the tour and making the rounds, uh, hitting all these different indie promotions and different uh, locales and hitting all these up and coming stars. You know what I mean? Like he's got Chris Dickinson. He's got uh, who else did he wrestle recently? Um, who hasn't he wrestled? He seems yeah. to be wrestling every fucker on the US indie scene. Yeah. Breaking in, you know, what, what 5K a pop plus all the meet and greets and merchandising. He must be absolutely rolling in it. Yeah. I think he's still in my area right now because he was this weekend, he was in Atlantic City and I was going to go. Uh, but I had people over the house and uh, that was going to be impossible to get to. So, I mean, you could probably go to your local high school gymnasium and he will be in there wrestling someone right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I wouldn't be surprised if I see, if I saw, if I I went on a mission. (laughs) Open the look out the window. (laughs) He's right there. Holy shit. (laughs) He's, He's making me eggs, eggs and bacon. Delicious. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, but that's, that's a cool thing. You know, I think that's a cool thing because I know there's a lot of people who have him on like that, their little notebook, their, their Cody Rhodes notebook of who they would want to work with that might possibly, you know, quite possibly won't have a chance to do so, you know, ever. So the fact that that those boxes could be checked is pretty cool. Um, so that was a good match. I thought Robbie Eagles and Jay White was very good. I enjoyed that as well. Um, I like the as much as I maybe hand waved the the look and feel of the show. I will say that I do enjoy the fact that they have their pulse on those pre match interviews, taped segments of guys working through the promotion and what it means to be here and all that stuff. I do enjoy that. Like I saw the, the one with uh, Roster, and I thought I thought that was well done. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, trust me, I give the I give the show a thumbs up. Uh, match quality, all that. I just wish that there was again. How are they going? Why why would they put in the the money to to make this show look a little bit better than it did when they? I guarantee you that money was that that money that that show was a loss of money. Right, it had to be. It looked like there were like seventeen people in that fucking audience. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is something I was actually discussing with Manabu because I'm always interested to hear what the Japanese fans are thinking about Strong, and he said basically the same thing as you. Like, it's it's a good show. It's sort of I, I think the same quality as G1, and Manabu agreed, but the production's poor. The lighting's dark. You know, they need a TV deal. And if rumors are to be believed, maybe that's not too far away. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the in-ring, yeah, it's it's really, really good stuff. I thought Renarita versus Tom Lawler stood out. Particularly, Renarita appears to be morphing into Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah. To the point which I uploaded a screenshot from that match. And I got like literally thousands of likes on that and hundreds of retweets with people 
thinking it was Shibata. They just glanced at it. They were like, what the fuck? Shibata's back. So really? Like the mannerisms, the oh. facial expressions down pat. And uh, long run, I mean, who knows whether that will be beneficial to him. I'd like to think it would. I mean, if we want to run a story where eventually when he makes his return from excursion, wins the New Japan Cup, wrestles Okada in Sumo Hall, then we've got a lovely little story going there. But uh, we'll wait and see. But in terms of in-ring quality, I thought that match was terrific. And also, yeah, yeah Robbie versus Jay, brilliant match. I mean, we know what they can do. It's not a surprise. But big, bigger issues here. I'm going to throw a few questions and then have maybe a sort of big picture discussion about Jay White and this never openweight title. So Sean says, thoughts on Robbie Eagles versus Jay White is the main event instead of Tom Lawler versus Ren Narita. And that, that was a question mark for me. Not in terms of the quality of it, but why are these guys not defending their titles? You know, they're, they're both singles champions. Right. I would love to see them being defended more often. Uh, Shingo Respecter says, where does the Never Openweight title go from here? It's stalled the momentum since White won it. Do you see it main eventing shows in the future? What about co-main eventing Wrestle Kingdom? I think it's a long way away from that. Yep. And We Work Stiff says, um, I'm interested in what you think is going on with Jay White. When you look at the strong tapings, he's basically been working the best of the young grapplers, so Utah, Garcia, Yehai, but not really progressing any story. Also not working many indie dates. Curious as to what's the go. So, yeah, you have a singles champion there and a guy who is still a big star. I mean, I know he's cooled off considerably, but it just feels like he's treading water and not going anywhere. And they could be doing something exciting and meaningful with Jay White and that never title. And I know we've got the upcoming match with uh, Tomohiro Ishii. And I know there are issues with pre-taping stuff and stuff getting spoiled, but it just feels that Jay White's 2021 is turning into a big load of nothing. Yeah. Um, you, I think all the things that you talked about and all the things that you mentioned are big issues at this point, right? Um, I mean, we're in mid-October and... Yeah, there's really, I mean, there's little breadcrumbs, but it seems like there's just like bread, you know, the breadcrumbs are spread all over the yard. It's, um, and I guess you, they could go with any one of the, what feels like, you know, hundreds of breadcrumbs that are on the ground. They could go in any way possible, but yeah, the never title is, is. I don't know why. I, I don't have an answer why they wouldn't have that defended. And I don't have an answer of why you don't necessarily see him doing the Suzuki tour. Um, and I don't have an answer why it feels like I, like it's a, it's a shoulder shrug at this point. I, I don't have an answer. Um, and, and, and if, and if, and if I gave, tried to give you an answer, it would be, it would be pure speculation. Um, I don't know if it's a, a matter of him not wanting to do stuff like that. And I don't know if it's the company saying, no, we're not going to defend the title or I wish, I wish I had an answer for you, but it seems like it's more complex. What I will say, it, it, it seems like it's more complex than just a company's decision, right? It seems like there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors going into this, um, whether that's health related and COVID related and and not wanting to jeopardize one's health related uh, to I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> right. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, and, and, and let's be truthful here. 
we could say the same thing to a certain degree about Will Ospreay, right? I mean, Will's doing yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Will's doing MLW. I'm sorry, with respect to MLW, who gives a fuck? I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a New Japan perspective, maybe. I mean, I'm sure there's MLW fans, but you know, I don't. I, I, and he's doing well. He's doing Rev Pro stuff, right? He's doing he's doing Rev Pro stuff. So, I mean, but again, yeah. and I've heard good stuff about that. Yeah, but again, it's more along the lines of okay. So, what does this mean for New Japan? Being that we do a New Japan focused podcast, um, I mean, I will say this: it's that's good news for MLW, and that's good news for Rev Pro, I guess. Right? I mean, to have him on on a show like that but yeah but from a new japan point of view what the what what's you know what what <laughs> what, what what do we have to look forward to here it's weird and it's all it's it's that it's that group of guys that i'm just kind of left scratching my head like okay so where what does this all mean is this like is this is this just a holding pattern is just this just a, a pause for from a New Japan point of view on all these guys? I mean, to a lesser degree, Juice. To a lesser degree, David Finley. You know who? <laughs> right. You know, it's like all you have all these people that are just kind of like they're there, but they're not there. Right? They're 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 kind of just. And we're all excited about what could could possibly be and what, you know, coming out of that Los Angeles show and what, you know, and we talk about Forbidden Doors and all this stuff. And I'm looking at Chase Owens right now at a G1 doing fa- fucking, you know, everything he can for New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, I'm looking at a guy putting in a mouthpiece right now ready to fucking get his head battered in in G1. Uh, what's the, what I, I feel like this is, this, this is the weirdest fucking timeline in, in new Japan because I don't know what any, what half the talent is doing and half the roster is doing. They're just spread all over the fucking place. It's hard to follow. You know, it's like people have lives. I got, I got, I got half the roster out there doing whatever. And trust me, if you think that people don't appreciate the Chase Owens of the world, you know, and the the GODs of the world and the Zacks of the world for, you know, doing what they got to do through this G1, I don't know. I mean, let's put it this way. All that we talked about and all that we've mentioned and all the, the possibilities. I, I, I My focus is on G1. All that other stuff is just like other stuff. I think, and I think the majority of our listeners are, their focus is on G1. And if, I don't know, and, and, and all this is somewhat taken away from G1. I don't know what to feel, man. I don't, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's a confusing time for me, man. It's a confusing time. Well, let's move on to the G1 Climax then. We are up to, what is this, night 14? Is it 13? 
this this is 14 that's on the tv now so as as we're recording okada is just getting into the ring against chase owens how is it feeling for you so far for me it's not feeling like a drag i'm still enjoying the shows i'm still looking forward to the shows when they're on um i think we hit one show where i was i was hurting um strangely enough it opened up with with a pretty great kenta versus um Hiromu match that I really enjoyed. But then after that, it was like, what? That was the show with Abushi and Tangaloa um, and Yujiro and Zack and Shingo and Yano and Okan and Ishii. That one felt like I was in the middle of it. <laughs> I was struggling with that one. Um, the follow-up was okay, too. Uh, I did like. I think I liked more on the on that show. I liked the main event with um, Tai Chi and and Okada. I thought that was pretty great. But yeah, I kind of feel like we're in that traditional middle shows, closer to the end shows that might feel a little bit of a slog. Well, let's get into that show that you said was a bit of a slog because yeah, it, it did have its ups and downs. So this was night eleven. Um, we had a special singles match, Kenta defeating Hiromu Takahashi in 19 minutes and one second by a schoolboy. Uh, you texted me while you were watching that saying you wanted to kill the person who had the cowbell. Oh. But aside from what did you think of the match? Oh, I, that fucking person with the cowbell. Oh, I wanted to strangle. Oh, my God. Constantly. How, imagine sitting next to that. Oh. Have you ever been to a show or concert or anything where you were like in – like very close seating proximity of just somebody who's making so much noise and just so, oh, you just stop it. I, I, I was at an indie show once where a guy was just yelling every five seconds, the worst jokes. It was not funny at all. He'd be like, Hey, cowboy, Bob Orton, why don't you go back to the farm? <laughs> David, do you, do you remember that guy who was sitting close to us at NXT takeover in New York? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he was having the time of his life too. I'll never forget that guy. I'll never forget that guy because he he just he just fucking I, again. I've never seen. I don't think I've ever been as happy in my life as he was in that in that arena. So good on him. But yeah, he was. Ugh, yeah, we I remember just almost because we we're miserable fucking people. We're just looking at each other like, what the fuck's going on? Oh, fuck. Um, anyway, um, yeah. as far as these matches go, I, the fact that we've had Hiromu against Kenta and Hiromu versus Ishii, do you read anything into that? The fact that they've made these two special singles matches with Hiromu wrestling very intense, close competitive matches with established heavyweights? I'd like to think that there's there's a breadcrumb there, but I don't. I just, I honestly think that they needed places, they needed tickets to be sold. They wanted a a solid match in these placeholder matches. I mean, I think they were just tired of giving you, you know, whomever, Yuji Nagata or, you know, a dad versus young guy match. Um, and they gave us they gave us a little little bone. They gave us something special. Um I would like to think that this meant something, you know, where it's, you know, Hiromo taking a step. But even then, like as I say it out loud, I kind of don't want it. I don't need I don't need Hiromo to be a heavyweight. I really don't. Um, 
I think they just gave us great matches. I, 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 and, and really, that's the, uh, my honest to God truth. I don't think there, there was anything else that we should be reading into it. I think it's just that they gave us great matches. Now, watch, he'll challenge for the heavyweight title at the Dome. But, but uh, on the surface, I just think it's just good matches they gave us. Our uh, third match on the show was Kota Ibushi defeating Tangelo in 30 minutes, 46 seconds by Kamagoi. Sloppy. Sloppy. Yep. This was notable for me. And to some Let extent, the Shingo Joel. match. Let her talk. <laughs> She's always trying to get herself over. I know. It's not going to happen. Just wait a few years until you can talk properly. Then you can co-host the podcast. I'll be long done by then. Don't worry. <laughs> Stop trying to muscle in on my, steal my heat, brother. <laughs> Trust me. Anyway. Her thoughts are exactly mine on this match. <laughs> Um, I what I noticed here, Ibushi bumping a lot for Tangaloa, yeah, and also Shingo in in the, the subsequent match that Tangaloa had. So there is seems to be uh, respect for Tangaloa and his work rate, and some effort to make him look good. And I thought he did look really good here. This this was probably his Tangaloa's best performance so far in the G one. Mm. Although there was that sort of botch down the stretch where there's a really quite spectacular sequence between the two with uh, the poison runners and then like Ibushi just went a little bit too high with his and then Tangaloa crouched and I think it was probably on both of them but a bit of an ugly looking botch which sort of spoiled it a touch because if it hadn't been for that I would have been like wow look at Tangaloa he can really go but even putting that to one side I thought this was really good and to me justified the inclusion of Tangaloa in this grade one climax wow look at you all right listen you're 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 an easy grader on on the God. What what they they hitting you up in the DMs? Is that is, are they uh, are they threatening you threatening you with violence or something? What's going on? I did not see it that way. Uh, yeah, they've snapped me up for Tamas Islands. Sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm leaving the Super J cast. I know. Jeez. Uh, nah, man. This this one felt. Ooh, it felt. It. I agree with you on uh, where where it felt like Coda was. You know, kind of doing what he had to do to to get through this match um, and make it watchable. Um, no, just the opposite. I was like, okay, I think we're done with the Tonga Loa experiment, right? I think we're. I think we've we've shown that, that uh, this is this this might not be the best idea. I mean, given what we, the cards that we were dealt, what, what, what were we going to do? But yeah, I, I, I thought this match was a little slop, not a little sloppy. I thought this was on the sloppy side. Um, I will say this, that, and I couldn't put my finger on it and I can't give you an example. Maybe one of our listeners can, but I feel like Kota Ibushi kind of does not shine in these kind of matches. Like, where he has a guy where, and I'm not going to say the word carry, but maybe he's leading the match, we'll call it, um, and things fall apart. And I and I could have sworn that there were other examples, but I can't recollect. Sonata? Sonata? Yeah, okay. a lot of his matches with Sonata went that oh, way. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, I just don't know if he has that reputation of being a guy that um, can... Again, I don't, I hate using the word carry, but you get my you get my drift on this. Um, yeah, I I just I don't know, man. I wasn't feeling t- 
uh, Tangaloa, not at all. Um, I mean, do you think this is a I, again, I don't, we don't want to use the, the snowflakes, the snars, snars, the snars, stars, but I mean, I'm below three on this, right? Oh, well, I think that's really, that's way on. Yeah. I, I had it just below four. I would have gone really? four if they hadn't fucked up that spot. Yeah. I would give it again, forced to give it a star rating. I would say three and three quarters. I wow. Good, actually. Uh, are you grading this on a G1 current scale or a overall pro wrestling scale? Don't know, Damon. I mean, that's not for me to say. All, all <laughs> ratings are subjective to some extent, but I thought it was good. I think Tangelo's right. been good. I think if he and Tamatonga put as much effort into their tag team matches as they have done in their singles runs in this G1, then GOD would be fucking great. Wow. All right. Listen, I'll see you on Tamatonga Island. Uh, I'll, I'll listen for you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, how it goes. Oh. Okay. Uh, next match, Zack Sabre Jr. beat Yudro in 40 minutes, 15 seconds via the Tesco meal deal. And I think the f- name of the finisher is more interesting to talk about than the actual match itself, which was fine. Unremarkable. I thought they had some quite nice sort of transitions and counters down the stretch. But I mean, it's a, it's a Yudro G1 match. It's absolutely fine. Uh, a bit like a, a Tesco meal deal. So I just love Zach just taking the piss. You know, we've got all these other finishing moves like the one-winged angel, the Kamigoye, and then he's just like, uh, I can imagine like a, someone from the website coming up to him and saying, Zach, what's, what was this finishing move called? And he's like, I don't know, Tesco meal deal. Piss off. <laughs> I like the fact that they're like the most mundane things in life. Not even the most mundane things in life, but they're just things that, you know, makes him giggle. That's what I like. Like, you know, just his... Again, uh, he's referencing lyrics to was it Mogwai? Is that the name of the band? Songs and um, what else was he? Uh, the, the comic bit you know, that you were in the front row for. Uh, yeah, there's been brass eye references as well, and also this one was actually notable because Tesco's were in his mentions on Twitter offering a sponsorship deal. But as we all know, unfortunately, Zach's lost the password to his Twitter account, um, and he's, he'd lost that. I think around last summer during the, the speaking out movement, and he hasn't been able to find it since. So, unable to take Tesco up on that. Oh, is that a is that a dig? Are we dig it? Is that a dig in Zach? A little dig? All right. Maybe, maybe oh, a little dig. Just a little dig. Wow, we're still we're still doing the digs. Okay, I um yeah, I thought the match was um uh, let's put it this way: it was my least favorite Zach match, and that's saying something, right? Um, somebody's got to win it. And it was here, but I've seen like uh, online. I've seen other people give it like three and a half stars. I'm just like I don't. I didn't see that. <laughs> I was watching this show on my phone whilst at the bank waiting to open an account. So maybe I enjoyed it more because otherwise I would have been waiting at the bank to open a bank account and not watching the G1 card. Right. So maybe the fact that I was doing such a boring task may be inclined to view it more favorably, but there you go. Um, fifth match was Shingo defeating Yano, oh. 8 minutes, 17 seconds by Last of the Dragon. I, uh-huh. you know, I don't want to talk about Yano matches because they're boring, but Violent Skipping said, while people's mileage will always vary, is Yano being hamstrung by the KOPW? Usually between G1s, he'd have a couple of New Japan cut matches, a tag run, and some multi-mans, but between 30 yeah. and 31... Yeah. There are a further five singles matches. There's no time for the shtick to breathe. Do you think there's something to that? We're, we're being overexposed to Yano and he is having to come up with new material more frequently than he otherwise would have because of this KOPW thing. Oh my God, yeah. 
I mean, if you if 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 we weren't subjected to constant battering of nonsense, yes, it it would be easier to swallow. One hundred percent. Um, I mean, come on. I just don't. Uh, I mean, I, I I complain about it all the time. I. It is what it is, but geez, Louise, the fucking. I want you to wear the hood. Wear the wear this hood. <laughs> like who's? Come on, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. You know what? You know who's having a good match right here, Joel? How about this Okada Chase Owens match? This is not bad. And I haven't. It been- is. It is pretty good. This is it's like a good show actually. I've only had it on in the background, but it looks like good fun. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Chase pulls it off? I don't think so. I think we got to zoom. I out. wouldn't be. No, actually, I would be stunned. He's not. Nah, he's not going to fucking beat Okada. That would be very, very shocking. The Tanahashi thing was fine. You know, that's setting up a, a U.S. title shot. But this, no, I'm not. I can't see it. Does does uh, does Okada have points to lose? If Okada has points to um, lose, um, I, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think the fun and cool thing to do here would be to have. Oh, I, you're not looking forward to the second one? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> I love Esther so much. And I love spending time yeah. with her, but it is an absolute ball ache trying to do this podcast when she wants to be next to me. It's tough. And making as much noise as she possibly Listen, can. Listen, we got to do what we got to do. It's really frustrating. I know, I know. But we all appreciate the, the, the what you're doing. We all appreciate it. Um, Yeah, let me look. Look, we could talk about the great Okan versus Tomohiro Ishii if you want. Let's talk about that. Uh, I really like that a lot. So he uh, Ishii defeated Okan in 26 minutes, 26, with a vertical drop brain buster. Uh, a lot of questions from this. Dr. Gary says, has great Okan made the biggest overall impression this year? For me, he's shown so much more breadth and really has confirmed himself as a very near future top star. Forrest Mushroom says, what's great Okan done in the past few matches to make it some of his best? Also, victory lap for anyone in the Okan was already good club. Open Door Wrestling Podcast says, we all love Okan, but did you expect his G1 main events to deliver like they have? So I will let you go first, because you've been a little bit more down on things than I have. What did you think of Okan versus Ishii? I thought Okan versus Ishii was good. I thought it was, I thought it was real good. Uh, 20, they, 30 minutes, right? So that's a, that's a test of his uh, star power, if you will, right? Again, we're, we got main events that are going main event time, right? They could have easily shaved off five, ten minutes just to get the guy through it, but it, he, they, we didn't need to. Um, I here's the, the here. I think the biggest challenge that people have is that they expect, or the, or or people's desires and what they want out of a G one main event spotlight is is progress oh, oh, oh you got it he's gonna hit it oh fuck i thought he's gonna hit it sorry i'm, I'm watching chase and and, and okada this is this really, is really good, good. Oh, come on, hit enjoy it. This. oh he fucking almost got him this is good i'm sorry all right okan and and ishi was was pretty great oh rainmaker no he's, he's been blocking he blocked like four rainmakers right now oh that might be that might be the beginning of the end for chase oh no not money clip this has been really good. 
Sorry. Okay. Um, we should just do live commentary. <laughs> uh, it was it was good. It's easy. Yeah. Easy. Any any idiot can do that. <laughs> oh, he tapped motherfucker to the money clip to the to the to the the B show finisher. Ah, motherfucker. I'll tell you what. That was really good. I mean, and again, I'm I'm watching it with you know turning my head every once in a while, but from what I saw, that looked pretty great. Um, okay, Ishii Okan refocused him. Uh, I think that for me, an Okan Ishii styling, like the, the the fact that like I would expect great Okan to wrestle in a style that's more congruent with Tomohiro Ishii than say I don't know fucking Kota Ibushi right like I just feel like these two have a have a just a little bit more compatible styles right and Okan isn't Okada and Okan isn't Ibushi and Okan isn't Shingo um and Okan isn't Osprey, it's a completely different style and a completely different look and a completely different different feel that I think is just a little bit more compatible with Tomohiro Ishii clunking you in the head seven times with headbutts and giving and chopping the shit out of you and who's going to be the stronger or tougher guy, right? Does that make any sense? Yeah, definitely. I think they definitely brought that level of the, the feeling of these two balls of stallions sort of going up against each other, butting heads, but in, in a way that I found more interesting than the usual meat slapping match. I thought Okan brings something different to these. Uh, in some senses, he is a bit of a chameleon in ring where he adapts to his opponent's style, but then also in other ways, he forces his opponent to wrestle his style of match. So I, I enjoy the way when I watch two Okan matches, they're never quite the same. Yeah. I will say this for any for anybody who doubts that you know this guy isn't they're not all in on this guy. They're I think they're all in on this guy. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's clearly being groomed for bigger, better things. Um, and it might not be this year, and it might not be this Wrestle Kingdom, and it might not even be next year's Wrestle Kingdom, but. I, I I think it's a safe bet. I, I, let's put it this way: uh, if if you're if you're looking for if you're a gambling type, you might want to put some money down on Great Ocon. Uh, great. Now, now we now we we're following that up with uh, Evil Evil hitting the ring. Now, Joel, uh, I can't grab my remote fast enough. <laughs> yeah, you can't watch this one in double speed because it's alive. So bad luck. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to night 12. Uh, we started off the G1 Climax matches with Yoshihashi beating Tamatonga. 30 minutes, 14 seconds via Karma. I enjoyed this one a lot. Again, uh, this might be one of these matches where I am higher on it than most people, but I will always give credit for hard work. These both guys working extremely hard. And I thought a really, really good closing stretch. Very, very exciting. They've, they've got that New Japan Close. I was going to say main event. I mean, obviously it wasn't the main event, but that sort of exciting back and forth closing stretch. They got it down pat, and I thought this one. Was I thought it was good. I don't think anything stuck with me though. Um, again, I don't think any. I think the worst matches that I've I've seen 
uh, were not horrible. They were not G one worthy, if that makes any sense. Um, this was this was middle of the road G one match, right? Nothing that I would say you would go out of your way to rewatch, but it was okay. It was fine. I, I think the same would apply for the third yep. match, which was Goto beating Chase Owens, twelve minutes forty one seconds by GTR, just an extremely functional G one climax match that gets you from point A to point B. <sighs> I would not be able to remember or tell you anything about this match. It Evil ver- and I forgot it immediately. Evil versus Hiroki Goto, by the way. Are we excited? Uh, absolutely not. No. Why, why should I be? <laughs> I mean, maybe he, maybe this is a a, a a spot where Goto just turns it on. Um, yeah, you know what? I I'm kind of glad we're doing reviews, so I don't have to watch. Look at me. He just uh, he... <laughs> okay. Uh, we had the fourth match: Jeff Cobb beating Sonata in 40 minutes 17 seconds, which I really really enjoyed. This I thought Sonata made Cobb look great and. Um, interesting that you know Sonata is a guy who was a G1 finalist last year but just the way they're booking this Jeff Cobb dominant monster run that it was all about Jeff Cobb in this match you know Sonata trying to fight from underneath to you know take out Cobb's legs but just ultimately it proving fruit, fruitless and I thought this one was really good and just sort of cements a really impressive tournament from Jeff Cobb and to be fair to Sonata a bit of sloppiness in the Tanihashi match aside, I think he's having a low-key good tournament. He's too. having an okay tournament. It's fine. Um, I think the the thing that I actually thought Jeff Cobb was losing this one, um, and I'm I am even though we talk, sit here and talk about United Empire and a push and Cobb looking like a monster and all that stuff, I was actually kind of shocked that he won. Just, just because he correct me if I'm wrong, undefeated, right? So he had a six and zero start. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I think I'm right. Right, I'm right. Yeah, that's correct. Him and yeah. Okada both unbeaten, and I thought this might be the show where they start right. dropping points. But it that's wasn't. what that's what I'm so, saying. Yeah, to walk out of here undefeated was, I don't, I don't, I kind of. For whatever reason, it it stuck with me. You know, what I mean, like holy shit. You know, this is you know he's going on a pretty magical run here. So uh, you know, maybe our finals. Pre- and, and also, I, I was convinced at the start that Sonata would have beaten right. one of these guys, but Sonata is just you know run of the mill fodder yeah. at the moment. He's just another right, guy. In the right, box. and 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 trust me, going into the match, I was like, well, this is a perfect spot for him to lose. And it didn't happen, which made me even more into the fact that I think Cobb would be a perfect finalist. Um, again, maybe not winning it, but man, he—I I mean, he's—he's—I mean, he would have to just completely nosedive after this. And and uh, what has he got? He's got—he's got some pretty heavy hitters coming up, though. What has he got? He's got like Tanahashi. He's—he still has to go. And evil. evil. Yeah, he's got a face. And I think Okada. Well. I think that is the one that I'm nervous yeah. about. And I think Okada too, right? Yeah, on yeah. the final night. So I think what I would love to see is both Okada and Cobb going in unbeaten into that final match. But I suspect Evil will beat Jeff Cobb so that he stays in the mix as well. Yeah. 
I hope not. Because that would, would be awesome to have both of those guys going in undefeated final night. I would dig that. <sighs> would they go all in on Cobb? I would. I don't think they will. I mean, I think this is Okada's tournament and he is going to be the guy who's ultimately the champion when it's all said and done at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, like I said, he, I think, is now the the reset yeah. button for New Japan. So I think the plan is to get him as the champion, face of the company, once again, the top dog, as things open up and we can go back to having full attendances and, and doing interpromotional stuff and having guys flying over. I tell you what, when they look back in the history books... <laughs> these two years of New Japan, there is going to be a lot of head scratching. Like, if they, just out of context, there's going to be like, what happened here? <laughs> what scandal ripped apart this company? What happened? Uh, good time. We lived through it, though. We lived through it, Joe. All of us, all of our listeners, we all lived through this. This is good stuff. Good stuff. All right, and now we got... What uh, we tell got? you what was well, evil defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi in 17 minutes, 22 seconds. That, like the match itself, well, okay, well, question here. Mark says, why does evil always make me throw up in my mouth a little bit? Skip the bulk of his matches and feel much better for it. Yeah, I don't blame you, Mark. Um, I thought this match was okay as far as evil matches go, but the finish of it was really bad. And I'll tell you why, because after evil did all his bullshit and hit Tanahashi with the STO or the evil as he calls it. It took him so long to grab the ref, bring him back in the ring and make the cover that me. And I think everyone else in the arena were expect was expecting Tanahashi to at least kick out. If not go for that cheeky crucifix roll up that caught out Tamatonga. So we've seen that in one of the previous Tanahashi matches, Tamatonga hits his finisher, takes too long to cover Tanahashi. Tanahashi rolls him up with a crucifix pin and steals the win. And Evil took so long to pin him, I thought, well, that must be, you know, they're going to do that as a near fall. But he didn't. He just didn't kick out. And the crowd was just like, oh, yeah, that was it. And just like, you could hear a fucking pin drop in there. It was incredible. Yeah. And not in a good I way. I agree. Uh, you nailed it. That is exactly my point. And almost, Kevin Kelly sold that as if it were like, one, uh, he, well, first he's like, everything, he, uh, no, there it is. Everything's evil. One, two, three. <laughs> and I and, and trust me, as he was counting it out, I'm you know, I'm like, all right, give me the big go, oh, he kicked out. And then the three was I was like I my reaction was exactly the reaction of everyone in that crowd. That that was not a a I'm shocked by that. Yeah, that was just a deflate that was that was the sound of deflation. That was the sound of oh the fuck, right? Uh, yeah, that that was that was, and then he did the well, you know, even even the cover, you know, the 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 cocky sit on your shoulders, bullet, you know, finger gun to the head thing. It was just like what the fuck? Look, I here's here's we warned you. At least, at least we can say that we did a public service to everyone listening to this show. That you knew you were going. This is this is the route we were going with evil. 
Like, it, and for the, I would say for ninety nine percent of G one, it has been limited limited to evil. You know, you can skip evil. You know, you can fast forward through evil. Let's. I, we warned you. We told you. Um, you 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 might even get a good match leading up to a finish. You know what you're going to get. Um, it is what it is. It it is what it is. Then, and I love Kevin Kelly talking about. Uh, my biggest fear is is people <laughs> seeing evil win and and uh, unsubscribing from from Dujaman. I did get a chuckle out of that. Uh, he's pulling it. Did did you? Sorry, sorry, Zach, there's a big tri- Twitter controversy. Is there? Did you interpret that statement as Kevin Kelly begging people not to unsubscribe? No, that was him doing his 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 Ed Whalen Im- imitation from Calgary Stampede. Yes. That's I mean that's that, that's the, yeah. Yeah. No. There's a controversy over that. It's it's not worth my time. <laughs> really? Time. I don't want to drag you into Okay. The all right, Even don't drag me in the mud. But 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 let it let to be very clear. What do you think people can, like? He's like saying, please don't like begging people not to unsubscribe. One person thought that, but again, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to bring their name up. I just okay. Oh, all right. Uh, I mean, I don't see it that way. For, for any, I mean, if, I mean, people sometimes people hear what they want to hear, but. No, I didn't. T- I again, I, 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 I actually when he said it, I, I the first person I thought of again. If you watched, um, uh, old Stampede, the guy, the the commentator Ed Whalen, like that would be that would be an Ed Whalen moment. Um, ah, that's what I got. I don't, I don't, I don't get anything else. I mean, look, some, some. I mean, I, I. There's, it's very trendy now to dunk on New Japan, and some people know that's their audience, and they can say stuff dunking on New Japan, and all the other people who also dislike New Japan for a variety of reasons will who are not watching it will just be like, "Yeah, they suck," and right. the, you know that's that's their echo huh. chamber. So it is. Right. What it is. Well, Luckily, uh, our timeline is. Uh, been, uh, those people have been pruned away. I've, I've run them all Yay. off, Damon, so we get nothing but <laughs> pure positivity. Oh, we're that, we're that show um, now. All right. All right. Good. <laughs> the toxic positivity from the Super <laughs> J class. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we had a main event, which I thought was fantastic because it's got a card of defeating Tai Chi in 23 minutes, 10 seconds by a Rainmaker. And look, for me, Tai Chi's got everything the, the star power, the charisma, the presence, the promos. The wrestling, like bell to bell, the closing stretches, he's just incredible. I don't think he's ever going to be IWGP heavyweight champion, but I think he should be getting more than tag titles. I think he's better than that. And I, I hope that he eventually gets his win over Okada, even though it wasn't here. It would be great if he got it, if they save that until they can have a proper crowd. I think, you know, can you imagine Koraku and Hall, who love Tai Chi, just go mental for him finally managing to beat Okada? And, and look, there, there are still. Some Tai Chi doubters out there. I, I can't believe there are still people out there saying that he's bad. And you, you know, Damon, I'm not going to debate that with them. Not because I can't prove it's not true, but because no. there's no point, right? It's a waste of time. I I don't want to convince them that they're wrong. I don't want them on my side. If they looked at the evidence and came to that conclusion, 
Who knows what right. else they think? <laughs> They're embarrassing. They are wrong. There's nothing to be debated here. And again, it's not because I can't explain why they're wrong, but because as things stand, they are incapable of understanding yeah. why they're wrong. Right. And of course, none of this is directed at any of our listeners because they're all big brain, smart boys and girls. They know what's up with Tai Chi. Uh, but it's never stopped me attacking imaginary straw men before. That certainly won't stop today. <laughs> Look, I, what this match did for me was uh, help even further push Tai Chi up in my mind. You know what I mean? Like it, it further solidified the fact that he is a top guy. It further solidified that there is absolutely no fear in putting him in a big spot and having him deliver in a big match. It solidified the fact that he's a guy that is no longer uh, poised and pinned for fast forward. No way. I mean, not that there was any chance of that before, but it's just another thing. And what makes me very happy is this, is that he is the 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 role model for people can change and views can change and uh, people do not have to remain stagnant in both a you know wrestling and wrestling style and execution and great matches and all that stuff but also uh, a fan who can say at one point oh I can't stomach watching this guy to, oh my God, I look forward to seeing his matches. And when I see his name on paper against other top-tier talent, it gets me fucking excited, right? Uh, he's the guy. He is, a, he is not the guy in the promotion, but he is a, a guy in the promotion. And that's fantastic to me. Um, the fact that, that just, like, I like being wrong. I, and I know that's that seems odd, but I actually do like being odd. I like having someone show me something that maybe I don't necessarily agree with and then seeing eventually me turn the corner on. And that could be music. Yeah, David, that, that's being an adult. That is being an adult. That, that is learning yeah. new things. And that is something I agree should be celebrated. Right. And it's not. And it's not. So, so often, especially with like this kind of you know sports analysis everyone wants to have their hot take and be right about it no one wants to be wrong about anything and that's to me a silly way to I agree now there is the opposite of that where it's like something will be utter fucking horse shit and someone will just sit there and try and defend it okay but that's not the case here i mean it's just this is and i don't even think this is a matter of this is what I like, and this is what Joe likes, and I like what I like, and that that, that I, I don't think that argument is valid here because, like, you will like, like if if there were anybody else in the ring besides Tai Chi, you would be, you know, gushing over it, and it's just because it's that guy because you have this bitter taste in your mouth over this guy because you saw a match fucking eight years ago that you didn't like. You know what I mean? Which is preposterous to me. Like, I would want every wrestler. Oh, I thought I might have gotten a pitiful. Um, I would. I want every wrestler to be that guy. You know what I mean? To to do that. I'm thrilled. I'm. I'm I hope he. I hope Tai Chi reaps the benefits of that too, in some way. Whether that's financially, whether that's whatever that might be. I hope there's some benefit and some recognition and some something. 
that he is gaining from this from on a personal and professional level. Because at the very least, what is going on here? Well, oh, grab the hair. Okay. Oh, boy. This is pretty good, yeah. actually. I, I, I'm Dick Togo this. is in the ring again, choking out. Yeah, he's no. right now. Yeah. You're joking. No, I know. Shocking. I mean, this. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm what? No, I'm sorry. I've, I've got to defend this match. I think both guys have worked really hard. I think this is actually. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of it, this but it's, but again, be... nobody. Can I? Let's be very clear. This the the uh, the idea of evil not working hard. That is not the issue. Evil. We, true, and there true. it is. Um. Uh. If that's. Not... Okay. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I want to get off Mister Evil's wild ride. I mean, it's it's we're. You know, and we're we're not debating the fact that the guy doesn't fucking you know work hard. He works very hard. The problem is, is that in the last three or four minutes of a what could probably be a very good match, you you just get taken out of it. Like this is not. I know what they're going for. They're trying to to put the heat on Dick Togo and to put the heat on the fucking incompetent referee and put the whatever. And I get that. I'm watching it and I just keep thinking, oh, maybe, maybe this is the match where he's not going to do it and he's actually going right. to win using it's the It's every match, too. Joe, every match finishes the exact same way. It's every match that they do this. Like, they don't do this in one match. Like, okay, fine. Evil's going to be the guy where there's going to be shenanigans. Okay, fine. We've agreed on that. Um, every match we got to do this? Like, seriously. Every fucking match? Yeah, you can't beat fucking Hiroki Goto. Who's losing to every other motherfucker in this block? But no, evil's got a cheat. Right. Like they, like for all the 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 praise and the flowers that we throw at New Japan a lot of times for booking and the way they elevate people and the way they do. Oh, Kevin Kelly giving them the business. Uh, and, you know, it's like they beat us over the fucking head with this, and it's gotten to the point where it's just like, all right, we fucking get it, we get it. <laughs> it's preposterous. Uh well, okay, so now we got evil. Give me give me a prediction. Give me a prediction. Jeff Cobb versus evil. I swear to god I'm rooting for I I I maybe this is what they want. They just want people to just constant to, to, to there's gotta be a crescendo where they get their 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 due their due. They get they get their due. That's what they're building for here. Oh fucking evil! Oh Watanabe, what 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 have they done with you? <sighs> All right, well that's that. Look how they massacred my boy, Dick Togo. All right, uh, night thirteen then, which was in Osaka Prefectural Gym, the Edion Arena. Uh, we had second match was Ishii defeating Hiromu in eighteen minutes thirteen seconds, which again very very good match. Of course it's going to be, but I didn't care or find it well no i didn't care i did care but it wasn't as thrilling to me as a new japan cup match the empty arena one back in 2020 because there was nothing at stake here like, there's only so much excitement that can be generated from a non-tournament special singles match and you know the, the problem i have is that to a certain degree even though the matches are pretty great there is a certain element of feeding the junior to the heavyweight that i don't like 
Yeah, but to, in the defense for this one, Hiromu did beat Evil last time in the New Japan Cup. So it wasn't out of the realms of possibility. But again, given the circumstances that none of these G1 entrants are losing their non-G1 right. singles match. Uh, and yeah, it, it was very unlikely right. to happen. I mean, again, if, if we're here for the matches and the idea of, you know, we're, we just want to see some great stuff. Yep, we're absolutely getting that in, uh, you know, in, in, in good volume. As a matter of fact, um, if we're counting wins, losses, how people look, how people, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of Hiromo, you know, again, being fed to the Lions. Um, great match, though. Great match. I, again, yeah, can I, yeah, no, I was going to ask you the same question that you asked me earlier. Do you, do you feel like if this is a, this is something that, that is planned? As as you know, Hiromu taking a next step, or is, is or like me, I, I just feel like these are just let's put on some quality matches. Yeah, probably more of the latter. I mean, does Hiromu move up to heavyweight eventually? That is something I'm completely fifty fifty on. I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you because I just don't have a feel for New Japan long term booking anymore because it's so unpredictable. So, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I was going to ask you, actually, we haven't really talked about any of the Young Lion matches. We had Kosei Fujita and Ryohei Oiwa uh, taking on Kanemaru and Desperado. I mean, obviously, the Young Lions lost. Two questions. Like, one, I was wondering, have you seen any of Fujita and Oiwa? If so, what do you think? And two, like, this is more of a statement. They look like a couple of pricks. They've got that sort of twattish, punchable yeah. faces, which makes me think they are destined to be... Um, a, a twattish junior heavyweight tag team in the future. That's my inkling. And again, just seeing them wrestling Kanemaru and Desperado here solidified that fact to me. Yeah, like they're going to be Desperado and Kanemaru 2.0? Is, is that where you're... Yeah. Yes, yes. Because I see, you know, you see people like young ones like Shota Umino or uh, Yuya Uemura and even maybe to some extent Yota Suji and you right. just baby face. They're, you know, they're good looking, smiling, matinee, idle, good looks. But these two, just like, they're good yeah. heels. I, I, you know, I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yep. I definitely can see where you're coming from. Um, they're, they're smaller, but built. And you know who they remind me a little, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see like a junior tag, definitely, at, at, at least out of the gate. Um, that's the weird thing. Like, I mean, they're built and they're built like bulldogs. Um, but they don't have that size. You know what I mean? Like, like I think, I think they're definitely junior ish. And yeah, yeah. Like, like I wouldn't say grimy. Like, I don't think we're looking at a doki or anything, but yeah, I like, like, like cut of the same cloth of Kanemaru and Despi. I could, I could, I could see that. I could definitely see that. All right. Our third match on this show was in the G1 Climax A Block. Kenta defeating Zack Sabre Jr. in 22 minutes, 24 via Go to Sleep. And I said this was going to be it great. Was. It was great. It was Kenta's best match of the tournament for me. Um, Aliens like 90210 says, so Kenta, listen to the podcast. <laughs> Ashutosh shares Zach's question, which was, that was Noah Kenta today, wasn't it? <laughs> Uh, Multiverse A says the Kenta match with ZSJ might have been his best in New Japan. Do you think we'll get to see 
Big match Kenta a few times a year. Um, also has Punk's reemergence lit a fire on him to show that he truly is the master of the GTS. I, I mean, I thought Kenta's G1 has been underwhelming, apart from this Zack match. I don't know if it's his history with Zack going back to the Noah days, or if it's just a stylistic thing that when he's wrestling Zack, he can focus on the two things that he is best at, which is um, hitting really hard and doing submission grappling, which I thought we got in abundance here. It just seemed like these two guys went out there hating each other and wanting to punish each other, and they brought that ferocity to it, and it was awesome. Yeah, this was my favorite Kenta match so far, without question. Um, Zach has a way of bringing out the best uh, in guys, and it's not like Kenta can't turn it on and off when when he's in the mood to do so. Um, and I don't expect him to do that all the time. But, yeah, when you get flashes – here's the problem, though. When you get flashes of it like this, you you want to see more, and you're dying to see more. And I don't know how often he's interested in in doing it. And it, and it leaves me to the to point of, okay, so it's it's in his hands to be that guy that we saw against Zach – or a you know a guy who is less than that. It's his choice. Um, so it's not like oh physically I can't make it happen. Or but he might not be able to physically make it happen consistently. But I would love to see more of that. And I don't know if 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 we are or we will. And it feels like that's up to him to 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 to, to make happen. Right. So it's not like he's past his prime and can't do it. He, he can do it. It's just a matter of okay, is it, can he do this consistently? Is that a physical thing, or is that a thing where it's just like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn on the lights and turn on the switch and and be that guy. Um, yeah, again, I said it's my favorite Kenta match in the in the tournament so far. Um, Zach's had a, a brilliant tournament and just added to it. So yeah, I loved it. I I love this match. It, it might it's it's in my top three favorite matches at G One. The fourth match was Toriano defeating Yujiro in 10 minutes, 23 seconds by a counter. Um, I don't want to talk about this one, and you can't make me. Uh, Damon, any <laughs> any piercing insight into Yano versus Next, Yujiro? please. <laughs> Next, please. Okay, our semi-main event. The fifth match was Shingo Takagi defeating Tangaloa. 19 minutes, 8 seconds by a last of the Dragon. And again, the, the standout thing here was how much Shingo... The IWGP World Heavyweight Champion gave yes. to Tangelo, who is a guy who has barely ten singles matches in his career. Yeah, so that was pretty. That that really really stood out to me. Uh, and also, there was quite a frightening slip late on in the match when he was going to do the. I think it was a, a second rope power slam, and Tangelo's foot slipped off the rope. And to his defense and his credit, he saved it and managed to cushion the, the landing properly for Shingo Takagi, but that was very, very scary. That could have gone horribly wrong. Uh, but aside from that, again, I'm going to be higher than you on this. I thought this was pretty good stuff. I think this is probably the ceiling as far as Tangela singles matches go. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get anything hitting notebook territory, but as far as if this is going to be one and done for G1, I think he's acquitted himself. Well. I, I, I agree with, with the comment that you said that 
we have seen the best Tonga Loa match. Like, I think this is the ceiling, which was good. Um, not great. It was good. Um, yep, there were a couple of frightening little spots there that were, you know, it was a little tricky. I also agree with you, and I thought the same thing while watching it, that, wow, our world champion has really given this guy a lot. Uh, what was it? 20 minutes? We went 20 minutes? 20 minutes? There's no reason this match should have gone 20 minutes. Yeah, and I've looked it up. That was that was literally uh, Tangaloa's 11th single. No, there's absolutely no reason why that match should have went 20, 20 minutes. I mean, that's we could have added five to every other match, and we would have been fine. Um, yeah, shocking. And again, that's not to say that Shingo had to bury him in five minutes. No. But just do the same stuff, you know, the, the intense back and forth, powerful heavyweight stuff, but just... 13 it. minutes. You know what I mean? 13 minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. It's... Uh, yeah, I, look. <laughs> I, sometimes it's just things don't make sense. Things don't make sense. But who am I? I'm just a guy with a microphone. Main event was Kota Ibushi defeating Great Okan in 20 minutes 22 via Kamigoye. And I thought this match was fucking great. This, to me, was the big coming out party for Great Okan where everyone who said he's not good can go and eat shit because they're wrong. Um, I like the way that they did the sort of the, the kind of MMA stuff, the striking stuff. There was a lot of good mat wrestling, good grapple fucking. And then just that moment late on where Ibushi just smashed Okan right in the nose with that knee, splattered blood all over yeah. his face and then Okan just like sort of staggering to be trying to fight through it and the bit in the closing stretch where he's about to hit Okan with Kamigoi and Okan counters with the claw right. to the right. knee and you see his like his mad face like contorted with fury with blood dripping down his face and his crazy beard and his crazy eyes and he's doing the claw to this guy's knee I was just like oh bloody love pro wrestling this is just the most insane thing like taken out of context would be absolutely ridiculous but within the context of this i was like this is amazing i love this guy yeah that was that was that's like t-shirt material right there that that shot i agree uh which one did you like better did you like this one better than ishi yeah i like this one better and i also like when he did the big punch when he sort of wound back and then pow right. just punched Ibushi right in the mouth i thought that was tremendous so yeah i enjoyed this one more than the Ishii match this is i don't know is this the best great okan singles match it might got to be. be the naito one in the new japan cup was really really good yeah. i think this is up there. yeah yeah i like the Ishii match i, I don't know I'm, I'm i'm really hard to to press to think which one i like more both of them I really enjoyed. I don't know. I just think he works better with with an Ishii than than Abushi, and that's not a knock. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I would. I wouldn't hate to see it again. Um. But yeah, back to back, really strong matches. I don't know. I just think I'm, I'm. I think I'm more impressed with him than than his partners. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I'm. I'm more impressed with what he's been able to do, and. I don't want to say limited by his gimmick because I I think his gimmick helps him be special and it helps him stand out more and it helps him. I don't know. There's a lot of range he has with it too. Like it's just not this cut and dry monstery guy. Like we've seen that all throughout the tournament. Like I really feel like I've seen 
four or five different shades of Great Okan. And I, you know what I mean? Like, like, he, like. Yeah, he's he's arrogant. He's stubborn. He's prideful, he's mat wrestling with uh, Zach. Sort of vindictive streak. Yeah. yeah, there's layers. Yeah, to yeah. I think that's one been one of the 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 definite highlights for me. Tai Chi, Okan, um, Chase, uh, like like, but Okan and the levels of what we've seen, like. I, I feel like we see. I don't want to say a different match, but. Like we see great Okan just kind of fucking float in between all these different things that the character is able to accomplish in a in a ring. I think it's really fucking cool. And I don't think I've seen that as much from anyone else aside from him. Like he's been very chameleon like. That which is really fucking impressive. Given the fact that you would think the gimmick would be limiting. Like Yano. Like I feel like Yano is limited in what he can do. Whereas Great Okan has found a way to make this character not be a handcuff, where like a Yano's gimmick is a handcuff. Yeah, I definitely think that. Okay, so by the next time we speak, if we do record next Tuesday, there will be three shows taking place uh, between now and then. So on Wednesday in Miyagi, we have Ibushi versus Kojima in a special singles match, uh, and also Fujita against Hiromu. In terms of block matches, Ishii versus Yujiro, Kenta versus Tangaloa, Yano versus Zack, and Shingo versus Great Okan. I think the, the only interesting match there is Shingo versus Okan. And based on the uh, output from Okan against Ishii and against Ibushi, I think Shingo versus Okan will be brilliant. And also, I think there's a pretty good chance Okan beats Ooh. Shingo there because he needs a big win in this tournament, I think. Yeah, that would put him... I mean, that would have really put Shingo in, in a hole when it comes to points. I mean, we know where he's not winning it, but yeah, that would be a big win. That's for fucking sure. Yeah, no doubt. And then on Thursday in Yamagata, we're back with the B block. We have Taichi versus Chase Owens, Goto against Sanada, Tanahashi against Yoshihashi, Cobb versus Evil, and Okada versus Tamatonga. Mm. I think here we will get Evil beating Cobb to stay in the mix, and then Okada, I don't think Okada's losing to Tamatonga. Yeah. So we will go into a scenario where Okada is unbeaten, but Jeff Cobb could still go through if he manages to beat right. Okada via head-to-head tiebreaker. But then, so Evil then would also be in the mix. Uh, but if on the final night, if Evil wins and then Cobb wins, then there'd be an unbreakable three-way tie. So that's not happening. So I think we're probably going in the direction where Sonata is playing spoiler to Evil again on the final block night. But that's what I think is happening. I think Evil's beating Jeff Cobb there and Okada is going into the final night um, 8 and 0. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Imagine if they did a three. <laughs> and, they, and they have to have a three-way... Yeah. Triple threat. No, three-way, three-way, not triple threat. That's WWE uh, yeah. talk. Three-way. Three-way dance. A dance. Um... All right, yeah. I mean, I don't know about the sexiness of these shows coming up. I mean, there's not a lot there that I'm doing cartwheels over. Are you? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. All right. not at all. But we'll get through it. We'll get through it. We're on our way. And then uh, this weekend is the are the Philly shows. Well, the Philly shows will be at right. Oh, and there's also there will be a Monday show. This we will have the A block finals. 
So Ibushi Kenta, Ishii Yano, Shingo Yujiro, and Zack versus Tangaloa. The match order has not been determined yet. Obviously, that will be nearer the time once the point standings have been looked at. But how do you see that one playing out? Because it looks like Ibushi Kenta will be the main event for all the marbles. I think Tangelo is going to spoil Zach just by virtue of the fact that Tamatonga beat Taichi today. I think Tango beat Zach and they set up a tag yeah. title shot yeah. again. I know everyone's rolling their eyes. I hope I'm wrong. I would love Zach to win the block, but I think that's the direction they're going. Um, I think Okan will probably have eliminated a spoiled Shingo prior to this night. And then, yeah, it's Ibushi versus Kenta when yeah. moves on. And Kenta? No, I'm not thrilled at either. I would like to say Kenta, but Ibushi going through to his fourth final, Ibushi Okada, I mean, that's a pretty safe pick for a final, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck it, what the hell? Let's say Kenta. Let's go with Kenta. Kenta against Okada. They've never done uh, Okada against he or Kenta before. Yeah. Let's do that. Maybe something now. All right. I think we got it all mapped out, right? What else have we got to talk about? Yeah, they, you said there's some stuff going yeah, on this Billy. weekend. We have... Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's the Philly show. So they that's a taping. Right. I'm eating my vitamin. So, um, I'm sure you will be very excited. Uh, looking forward to that. We have the second Garland show that will be on Worlds. That will be making uh, TV. So Dickinson against Coglin. Mega coaches against Roy Isaacs and Jarrell Nelson. TJP Clark Connors, Leo Rush, Juice Robinson against Chris Baker, Kileo, El Fantasmo, Taiji Ishimori. And then Carl Fredericks against Will Ospreay. So I think that would be an interesting show. But yeah, your Philly shows. I'm very envious that you get to go to these. Some good stuff here. So are you going yeah, to both shows, shows right? Yeah. Um... So we've got Aria Daivari against Alex Zane. Clark Connors and Renderita against Osprey and TJP. Fred J. High against Jay White. Juice Robinson against El Fantasmo, Chris Dickinson versus Suzuki. And then on Sunday, Daivari and Leo Rush against Chris Bay and El Fantasmo. Wheeler Yuta, Fred J. High against Hikaleo and Jay White. A Philadelphia no. street fight, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. A 10-man tag match, DKC, Ren Narita, Rocky, Carl and Fred Rosser against Team Filthy, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, Roy Isaacs, Jared Kratos, Tom Lawler. Jonathan Gresham against Alex Coughlin and Alex Zane versus Will Ospreay. So what are you most looking forward to? Oh, the to Philly there? street fight, because I believe the stipulations are um, the trash does not get picked up on time, just like it does in the city. I've been holding on to that one for a while, and it still made me laugh. Oh, fuck me. Um, I Look, I think uh, from, I'm going to be truthful. I'm actually looking forward to my first pro wrestling show, live show, since the Liger retirement. That was the last live pro wrestling show I was at, Joel. And this will be the first. Um, Which I find both utterly amazing, thrilling. I'm not going to lie. I'm scared to death. (laughs) I haven't been around that many people in a long time. Um... So we'll see, you know, I'm, I'm hoping everybody has a good time. I think uh, everyone is. I think the, the shows sound fantastic. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Come say hi. Uh, I mean, Philly has ma- I think I have to still wear masks in, in, indoors in Philly. So uh, everyone mask up, but uh, be nice and noisy. 
and I always appreciate a beer or two. So um, I look forward to seeing everyone. If you're there, feel free, come by, say hi, and uh, let's have a good time. Saturday and Sunday. All right. Well, that will do for today. I'm going to save the Squid Game questions for next week because I want to eat my dinner. Uh, Damon, I know you're not into TV, but Squid Game is what is fucking Squid fantastic. Game? I don't. I, I have no it, idea so. what the fuck. Yeah, you've been warned. It, it's a it's a Korean TV okay. series. It's nine episodes. It's on Netflix, and it's amazing. Give so, me just the general uh, premise. My, give me, give me, uh, give me. Just, what is it? What what is the, the what the theme? Squid Game is it called. Squid Game, it is uh, a bunch of people in desperate need of money entering a life or death competition where only one person can walk away with the money. So it's sort of like deadly life or death twists on Korean childhood games. But it's more than that. It's just very, very well written. The characters are great. The acting's fantastic. And yeah, one of my favorite things I've watched in this movie. Have fun with it. (laughs) All right. All right. This is more of a, a warning for uh, listeners to watch it by next week so that when I answer questions, I'm, I won't spoil it, but if you've watched it by then, you'll enjoy my answers more. So there you go. Anyway, I'm hungry. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast to give us some money, show us some love. Discord link is in the show notes if you want to join in the, the fun live G1 chatting. Uh, Cobra Cow at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get one of our great t-shirts. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows. Give us a five snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.